Hello and welcome to another Woodshop Podcast with Mike Coffey of Coffee Custom Builds, Daniel Dunlap of Daniel Dunlap Woodworks, and Peter Kapar of Petrie's Workshop. You can find us all as well as the podcast on Instagram and YouTube. Welcome, welcome to episode 115 of another Woodshop Podcast, where this week we're joined by the woodworking YouTube godfather, the world's skinniest pitmaster, the pork roll prince himself, the wood whisperer, Mark Spagnuolo's here. What's going on? <laughs> Man, I love that. That was great. Pete, That's why we never, never want to eat barbecue mangoes. from a skinny guy. As yeah, I like I've, to tell all that... our guests, Pete comes up with those on the fly. Duh, they're so That's good. why I was like, that was great. can you guys wait a second? I'm just typing. Yeah, oh, you had to write it out. I see, I see, I see. Uh, yeah, like Pete said, we got Mark Spagnuolo's with us. The Well, it's just Wood Whisperer, so uh, we're really excited to have Mark on the show. Not the Wood the? Whisperer? No, he dropped the. the. It's, it's just Wood Whisperer <laughs> now. <laughs> uh, I didn't get the memo. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, it was it was part of Wood, Whisp- Wood, Whisp- Wood Whisperer Monthly. Damn it, I ruined that right out the gate. <laughs> Everything's like, Pete, say it again. I'm going to start it over. Wood. No, uh, hey, big thanks to our patrons for supporting the show. You guys are awesome. Thank you so much. Uh, we appreciate everything you guys do and everything you bring to the table to keep us going with this. So big thanks to you guys. Uh, obviously, we got Mark on the show this week. So when we have guests on the show, we don't go into reviews, but we always, always play the song as if we are going to do reviews. And that's this. Oh, Black Betty, ramble lamb. That's Dan singing Black Betty. Uh, that's our transition <laughs> music for going into reviews. We just like to, you know. Oh, did we not mention the jingles? Yeah, there's, yeah, there's a lot of bad jingles, oh, Mark. You really are. That's great. This is bottom feeding for sure for you. We don't outsource um, it like some podcasts, <laughs> Mark. You don't, you don't fiver it like yeah. we do? <laughs> oh, gosh. Uh, Nothing but the best for us. Yeah, I'm more it. of a sixer. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Got sixer content. Oh, he's got to outdo me. Yeah, for a six pack, Mister One Upper. Yeah, he's got his Bud Light, his slim and Bud Light. Six pack of Light and Kugels, and I'm good. <laughs> uh, anyway, we got Mark on the show. We, you know, Mark's got a lot going on. I wanted to throw. We're gonna go kind of straight into what's on our bench, but I mean, Mark, you're in the middle of a big move right now. Can you kind of sure briefly am. talk about like how that came up, where you're at in that process, and when you think you're gonna be done with that? Hold on. Where's what? the what's on my bench jingle? <laughs> We're going to get into that in a second. Hold on. I want, oh, I, want more, okay. I want some context for Mark's. I want my fame. I want, I, want, fame. I want some context for where Mark's at in his life right now because he's got a ton Fine. of stuff going on, which is, you know, Who are you? thank you for How'd being you on the here? show because, <laughs> you know, we know you have a ton of stuff going on. So what, what do you got? Sure. On? Yeah. Uh, We're moving. So there's that. Cool. Let uh, me play the jingle the, real quick. Uh, it is, <laughs> what's on my bench? There it is. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, it's a thing I do every five years. I get sick of where I am and decide to go somewhere else. <laughs> That's true. Uh, this, That's a lifestyle. Move, I, it is. It's a nomadic <laughs> lifestyle. We love it. I uh, I honestly didn't anticipate this. This was a very sudden, unexpected change uh, that came about because we really started to think about what we wanted to do with the business and the limitations of trying to do that in Denver and how expensive everything is here. Uh, just hit too many roadblocks with the goals we had set for ourselves so that came up. And then on top of it, you know, our kids are getting older. Uh, there's family in Missouri that we don't get to see very often. And it kind of sucks not to let the kids grow up around their uncles and aunts and cousins for sure. and uh, their, their other grandmom. Um, so we just made a, a tough call and said, maybe it's time to pack it up and set roots somewhere else. And that's that's why we decided to move. A quick tip, Mark, since you're moving to Missouri and you're going to be a quote unquote local, don't. <laughs> don't you don't. have to refer to it as Missouri. Missouri. 
Ooh. My goal in being in Missouri is to be as obvious as possible that I'm not from there. <laughs> and I'm going to continue down that path. Outstanding. <laughs> never integrate, as, never become one of them, Mark. Never. <laughs> no, I will resist. I will wear resist t-shirts all the time. <laughs> it's just going to be blasting Rage Against the Machine all day. Uh, yeah. what, I mean, you were mentioning that what you want to do with the business and you not being able to do that in Colorado, what, what yeah. is it you want to do? I know you're talk you're going to talk about the commercial space you're getting what out there. What is your business? Yeah. What or what yeah. do you want to do with the business that you can't do in Colorado? Taco trucks. Uh taco trucks, yeah. <laughs> a whole fleet. Whole fleet of taco trucks. Um well, the thing is I work out of my garage. It's attached to my house. Uh I've the last couple of years have had a couple different employees and it's such a small space, we're just tripping over each other. Yeah. There's no facilities for the employee. It's an uncomfortable situation mm -hmm. to ask a, a stranger to come in and, you know, use the bathroom in my laundry room. Right. Um, you know, so, and, and technically, I think if I really looked at the rules for the neighborhood, I probably am not supposed to have employees right. with a home-based business here, which is often the case. <clears throat> um, so we kind of flew under the radar with that. Um, but that's the biggest limitation is if I wanted employees, if I wanted to grow an element of my business where maybe I even have another personality on the show that produces content for the wood whisperer, mm. how would I do that in my current setup? It would be impossible. So the idea, you guys got me drinking beer now. I'm burping. Sorry. <laughs> it's fine. It's all right. You fit right in. <laughs> yeah. You're <laughs> blaming on you guys. <laughs> uh, so that was a big part of it. Um, we actually had a investment company contact us and they're basically like, look, um, are the, we work with an agent for advertising deals and things. And he says, if you want to talk to these guys, I'll set up the meeting, but you have to have your vision, whatever it is you want to do with the business that you simply can't do because of finances, what would you do? And I don't want to split my business with anybody. Right. And that wasn't going to happen. And I didn't take that meeting. But it was that <clears throat> call to action, like, what would you what would you do if you uh, didn't have money as the big limitation? Mm -hmm. I started to think about what those things were <clears throat> and what I'd want to do and how I could never do that here. And that was kind of the, the, the genesis of the idea Man, that made me start thinking about it. That creates some cool perspective for sure. That's a good exercise for a mm -hmm. lot of business owners. To yeah. be like, where would you want to take your business if there wasn't this ceiling that you're in now? Yes. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah, that's whatever a, that ceiling is, right? Like yeah. if you remove that ceiling, what would you be doing? And then maybe reverse engineer that and try to figure out how to get there. But that financial ceiling is a huge hurdle though for a lot of people. I mean. But sometimes you can't. Well, it really is. You can't see yeah. past it unless you're yeah. Yeah. potentially thinking that well, it's not there. Well, and that's the thing. In this case, you know, we're in Denver. Um, and even though the market is kind of crazy everywhere, it's proportionally crazy. So even though it's still kind of expensive in Missouri for Missouri, right. you're still going from Denver yeah. to Missouri, which makes a lot of things possible that were not possible here. Yep. Yeah, for sure. That's super cool. That's <clears throat> a, that's gotta be very exciting to be, have that barrier. Well, in theory, in theory, they have that barrier removed now and you can kind of move forward with your business in the direction you want to go. That's got to yeah. feel really great. Yeah. 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 I mean, it's, it's a lot of freedom. It's also kind of scary too, because yeah. I often think about like, I like my business being small. Yeah. I like to like make as much revenue as possible without extending myself to the point that my business controls me. Yeah. And that's a really like, I am scared of getting to a point with now, if I have multiple employees, the responsibility of going to work every day and making this thing go uh, if I don't decide to do it, then it doesn't happen, you know? So I, it, there's a lot of extra baggage that's going to come along with that, but you take the good with the bad. And I, I think ultimately it's going to be mostly good. Net result is good. That's and my reality. About, Sorry, go ahead, Pete. <laughs> uh, when you're talking about like your business, your business, you keep referring mm -hmm. to it. Obviously most of us know you from YouTube and 
content and you working with brands and and that mm-hmm. what other part of for those that don't know like what's the other part of your business like aside from the wood whisperer guild and like are you doing any products or or what like can you just give us like a quick rundown for the people that don't know yeah, we've got a smattering of products like merchandise that we do. So, of course, we have T-shirts and hats and stuff with our logo on it. We have some basic tools like scrapers with with our logo on it, just really good quality scrapers. Uh, we've done – we've toyed with other things. We've got like jig kits uh, for like a uh, – that I work with uh, Andy Klein on that we put together this little kit to make your own tapering jig. Uh, you know, we sell plans on the, on the, uh, main website as well. So not, it's just you know, like a $5 or $10 plan that goes with it. Of course, the guild is really, I would say the lion's share of what our business is, where the revenue comes from. And that's, you know, uh, advanced level, not advanced level. I mean, deep level courses right. in a range of difficulty levels, right. uh, where you could learn everything there is. You could possibly want to know all the detail to build a particular project or something that covers a particular skill set. Very long. So the guild is the primary plans. thing. Very, very, yeah. And, uh, you know, in the guild, the other thing is um, we we take pride in actually, like, interacting with people who buy the courses. We don't just let people buy them, and then they ask questions and no one answers them. Uh, The instructors do answer the questions, uh, which is pretty cool. Uh, Outside of that, I mean, I have a couple of books. We sell those, uh, you know, but everything, for the most part, is around the content. Uh, I, I don't sell any of my projects usually. Um, I don't take on clients very often unless it sounds like a really fun project. Mm-hmm. Uh, but m- pretty much the entire business is around uh, development of content. That brings up another question that I have. Uh, was there ever a time where your business was client-driven mm-hmm. and then mm-hmm. you switched to con- content like fully? Yeah. So when I left biotech, Roughly like 2004-ish, I started woodworking in my uh, garage shop, tried to get as many clients as I could. I was just trying to be a woodworker and trying to make a career out of it. Uh, Had a real difficult time with that. That was not easy. And I went a couple years struggling, just doing a lot of refinishing jobs. Even got to the point where I got a part-time job in a refinishing shop just to make, you know, at least bring in some positive cash flow. Uh, and then I uh, discovered the the possibility of actually developing videos and putting them online. That was 2006. Uh, and that was, was when we started the Wood Whisperer. So there was a period of time where I struggled and I don't know where, if this didn't come along, if I didn't start making videos, I honestly don't know what the fate of my business would have been. I probably would have gone back to science because, you know, I needed to make money. Earlier, you were talking about how when you started making content, it was to fill what you perceived as a gap in because TV was moving away from those kind of shows. Um, And you I mean, you're obviously you're early into the game. I mean, that I don't want to like downplay your what you've done and what you've created at all by any means. That's not what I'm saying. But I mean, you got into this at such a great time. And I mean, for me, Mm -hmm. when I first started getting into woodworking, you're definitely a a content creator that I consumed a ton of and you have helped me a great deal. Um, That's just a fact. And it's not me sucking up to you. I mean, do you feel like um, times have changed a lot? I mean, I I know I've kind of, I kind of, I know the answer already just because I've talked to you like randomly (laughs) about stuff, but the content times have changed for sure. I mean, what are your kind of thoughts on like the evolution of from when you start, and this is like probably a super long answer on your part, but from when you started at what I would say is a really good time to get into the making content which is early into the game to where it's gone Mm -hmm. now like how do you where how much has it changed and where do you kind of see it going it's definitely been um opened up 
in, in a sense that anybody can do it. Right. Uh, most of us, even people who have financial difficulties, somehow find a way to get an iPhone or an Android uh, phone, something that can record video and upload that video. Um, you know, back in 2006, there was a certain amount of technical know-how to go into this stuff. You couldn't just make a video. Like if you made a video and you put it on your little JVC <laughs> camcorder thing, what do you do with it then? Right. How do you get it into a digital format? Yep. Once you have that, how do you make a website? And then how do you populate an RSS feed? Yep. What's an RSS feed? Right. Like people don't even know that it's now, like right? You're talking to me directly. <laughs> <laughs> so like all these things were technical challenges that I had to overcome just to get to the point that I could put a video out right. that people could watch. Um, that sort of bootstrapping concept is uh, not that it's dead now, but people think about it very differently. And I often will go to an event and talk to people who do what I do, but they started maybe five years, maybe 10 years after I did. And I'm watching what they do and I'm like, man, they figured this out. Like they are so much more efficient at what they do because I have that super like Superman complex where I feel like I need to do everything. So what's changed in the last few years is like so many more people are interested in this. There's so many talented people who are willing to help that I need to learn to ask for that help and to accept that kind of help to build, you know, the business into what I really want it to be. Um, but you know, it is a harder time for people who are new to come in and start making contact uh, content because there's so much white noise. And I don't yeah. mean that to be in an offensive it's 100% way, accurate. <clears throat> yeah. but there's so much stuff. Mm -hmm. And because everybody can post videos, everyone is posting videos. Yeah. Um, and, and I've always said that like, I'm not good looking enough. I'm not funny enough. I'm not talented enough of a woodworker. If I, if, if I came out all true, if I came, if I came onto the scene today, I'm not sure how well I would do just in terms of the fact that there are many more talented people and better looking people. Uh, there are just people who are better at this than I am. I am enjoying the momentum of having started first. I'm about to make you, you feel know, better. Be uh, Dan's got 200,000 followers on TikTok, like 86,000 on Instagram. 88, so, yeah. thank you. I'm sorry, sorry. So, uh, Mark, you'd be fine. You'd be just fine. <laughs> if he can do it, anybody can do it. So, basically, what what you're saying is the barrier to entry now is a little lower than it was before, but sure. there's so much saturation that it might be even harder. It, yeah, it's it's yeah. definitely a catch-22. And I think if, if you come along today, you got to have some kind of I don't want to call something. it a gimmick, but you got to have something yeah. that makes people want to watch. And that's why, and that's why so many people are acting like a-holes online because it's like, you have to have that shtick, you know, you got to have the thing that makes people uh, want to come back or remember you. Right. right. Uh, and that's, that's kind of why a lot of us are, have to resort to things that maybe in the best circumstances we might not do. Mom jokes. Mom exactly. Jokes. Yeah. Going on podcasts. Uh, stupid thumbnails are a good example. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's crazy. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's wild. It's, it, I'm not by any, I mean, you're, you're the biggest, uh, content creator in this conversation right now. And it's just, it's wild. Like in a, over a few years, doing, I'm this sitting right Dan here. And Pete. <laughs> doing this with Dan and Pete, <laughs> it changed so quickly. Like the landscape changes yeah. so quickly. Like it, it gets, it seems like it's exactly what you said. There's so many people doing it now. And I think on one hand, it's, it's a result of like, for me, I was like, I want to start sharing what I'm doing because when I started consuming content of people like you, Mark, and, uh, you know, uh, mm -hmm. Pachuto and all these different guys out there, whatever, I was consuming this content. It, it meant something to me. It meant a lot to me. It helped me learn something about yeah. myself that I loved. I love <clears throat> woodworking. I love it. Um, and as a side result, I found out that I like making content. 
Uh, it's not my top priority, but it's something I do enjoy doing. And I think a lot of people get into it because they want to become that for some other people in an, in a way. Yeah. And now it and and because it is so easy, like now I don't have to worry about an RSS feed. I just grab my phone no. and I record myself doing whatever I'm doing and you just slap it up there. And it is so easy that there's just, it's, it's weird. It's like a self-fulfilling prophecy kind of, I don't know. It's super weird. It's, it's such a weird environment. Yeah. <laughs> I'd rather just talk about well, woodworking you, all day. Than Mark, you've built a community. <laughs> like Mark, you built a community. We walked into a community. Like I came to yeah. Instagram. I stopped posting on my personal one. I was like, I'm annoying my friends and family. I'm just <laughs> going to talk to all these woodworkers on a woodworking account to, to yeah. help motivate me. It was never about like, I want to be the next Mark. Which yeah, like, that's exactly yes, what great, I did. I don't know. great goal now, but like it was basically it was like not to be like that person. It was just like I w- I love this community. I don't have to follow yeah. Aunt Judy and whatever. Like I was just following other woodworkers. It felt very pure and very clean, and yeah. it helped motivate me. And now I'm at the point where it's like, oh, now it's like work. Okay, cool. Like we got to do yeah, you know, different things and stay relevant. And uh, yeah, I remember your, well, it's, it's interesting to, to watch the change because they were there for the, I would say maybe the first five or six years of doing this, maybe even longer. Um, all of my contacts and information and, and sharing and dialogue was with other woodworkers and the questions uh, we talked about this a little bit in the <clears> pre-show <throat> is like this, this was all focused on woodworking and we would talk about different techniques and different things like that. Mm-hmm. Now I actually have a feeling that a, a good percentage of my followers are people who are trying to do what I do. Right. So they're trying to, you know, figure out how I do things and how not, not about woodworking, not how right. I made that the piece content. of furniture, but how I, how I developed that audience. Yeah. How did I, you know, and it's, it's a very different thing. That's so much less satisfying yeah. to me um, to, to, to have that. I mean, I appreciate every person who's willing to watch yeah. my stuff or listen to our podcast, of course. Um, but as far as the, the gratification comes when we're talking about the craft of woodworking. Mm-hmm. And I think these days it's, you know, because again, woodworking was always behind everything else. One of my tricks to succeeding early on was I would look at what was going on in more popular genres and looked at the techniques and uh, the, the sort of um, tech that these other well, I keep using the word tech, but tech podcasts and and tech uh, enthusiasts, what they were doing online was always at the forefront. Now it's kind of like gaming is one of those things or just general entertainment. You look at what they do and I was able to bring that into woodworking and if it, if it was appropriate, incorporate it into the woodworking stuff and I was the first one to do it in the woodworking world. But I was just copying what other people were doing. And uh, eventually people realized that like, well, if we make the videos quick enough and we make them interesting enough so that even just the average person who's not even a woodworker will watch this video, Viral. then we get more eyeballs and that's who we're competing for now, which is why videos are shorter. Yeah. There's less detail. We're not, so you can't spend tons of time on a particular topic because you need that greater audience. So I think that's a big thing that's changed too, because in the beginning we were only concerned about talking to woodworkers and now we're concerned about talking to the general public, which is why a video can't go into too much detail if that person is concerned about viewership, which I I think it's kind of a bummer, but that's what we're confronted with. You talked about it in the pre-show, you know, with things like WorkbenchCon, you created content because you care about the woodworking. You didn't get into woodworking because you wanted to create content. It was the other way around. But I think there is a lot of people out there now more than ever they're getting into woodworking or making because it's an avenue for them to create content only yeah. like that yeah. i mean and, and yeah. that's where i like those conversations with those people uh you first of all you can tell right away who they are uh, you can have yeah. like a five second conversation and be like oh okay you're here 
you don't care about this. You care about the content side that you can make off of this thing, um, yeah, which is this fine. could be almost any topic. Which yeah, <laughs> which is fine, which is fine. But we fundamentally don't have the same passions. Uh, the passion right. is different. So that person cares about becoming a big account or uh, creating content. Yeah. That's the thing they care about. And and you get I don't have the audience you have, but I definitely have those conversations every single day. I get to have conversations mm-hmm. with people all day long where they're talking about woodworking and man, I just love that. And that's why I'm excited about going to places like IWF over a workbench con because the majority of the conversations become about how to create content, not so much about woodworking. And even if it was, yeah, uh, that's where I like maker camp, you know, even though maker camp's kind of like, there's no uh, facilities there, but people are there <laughs> for the most part to talk about, whatever that craft is that they, they care yeah. about. And that's by and large, sure. they're not there to talk about creating the content around that. That's why I think I liked the conversations outside of the classes at, at WorkbenchCon more because it was a lot of just like BSing about projects. And yeah, some like, oh, I, I like, here's how I, it was less about like how I grow and more about like, here's how I like supplement my income. Like was more like business. But imagine- are, and talking about projects as well that they're working on. And it wasn't so much just like, how to grow and how to do this and the strategy for that. It was, it felt a little more organic. That's good. But I bet if you're Mark though, Pete, if you're Mark and you're at this Uh, event, well, yes, 98% of your conversations are people walking up to you going, how do I do this? How do I grow? Right. Is that accurate, Mark? (laughs) Or is it people running up going, hey, sign my, sign my, sign my chest, you know, or whatever. (laughs) If you build it, they will come concept is kind of not a thing anymore. Now it's like, if I like trick them, like I'll get all these followers. Like if I get the thing that'll like catch a lot of eyeballs or if I'll post under seven second videos. So yeah. they finish watching before they can swipe away. Like it's like strategies to get more eyeballs, but it's not necessarily about the projects anymore. Well, nope. the, the problem with it for me is that I, I feel like I always provide very disappointing answers when those questions do come. I was because first, they'll, they'll talk. <laughs> <laughs> they'll, they'll want to talk about like statistics and they'll ask me about subscribers and how many I have. And I'm like, I haven't checked in a while. Yeah, I don't know. That's good. I mean, I'm not babysitting these numbers. Yeah. I don't, I can't because it'll drive me crazy. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, there's a good chance they know my numbers before I do. <laughs> um, you know, so it, I mean, it, that's the thing is like, I just come at it from a very different perspective, but, but I have to be careful because I'm thankful for anyone yeah, who's willing yeah. to watch what we do, you know, and for follow sure. me. So I want to give them the time and I want to talk to them, but I'm not that strategic in what I do. There are people who are so much more strategic about their content production schedule and how they get things, what they're talking about. Is it relevant? Are they doing keyword searches and what's hot right now? Like, I don't think about that. I don't think about that at all. So, and I guess that's again, that because I was there early, I can enjoy that sort of lax kind of flexibility and how I approach this, but someone who's a little newer and hungry and trying to make, you know, climb up that ladder, they have to play that game. They have no choice. Scratch Otherwise, and claw for every view know. possible. You're exactly. Yeah. Which is awesome. totally understandable that they have to do that. Yeah. Cool. And like, we obviously like, we all still want to grow, but it's been, I mean, I'm, I'm the smallest guy of this whole entire crew, but just being even at like the 25 care, whatever, I kind of relaxed a little bit. Like I still want to grow, but I've, well, that's I a good, I was going to ask you a little, bit about the numbers so much i just want to have fun on there yeah is there a number there's a good question for the three of you is there a number you have in your head that like when i get there that's when i know like i'm good like if i don't go any higher than that i'll be happy with that do you think that that's an attainable goal for you yes i've thought about it uh, yeah what is i want to yeah 100k on ig and maybe 
someday whenever I get into YouTube a little bit heavier. I, I don't give okay. that enough time. When I hit like 20K, I'd like relax. 10 or 20,000 subscribers on there. See, and that's, that's surprising to me because I would have said just as a general prediction, whatever that number is in your head, when you actually do get there, nothing will change yep. because you're oh, going to move that goal. You're going to sure. move that goalpost to the next yeah. thing. And I can tell you where I am right now. All I do is, and this is why I can't look at stats too often because it frustrates me. I'll go and look at something like Duresta and I'll be like, that's a great number. One day I might have that many. And then you know what, when I get there, I'll look at where Duresta is at that point and go, you know what? I need to go even further. Yeah. The goalpost keeps moving. It's, it's a, everyone's addicted. It's a horrible more. mindset. Yeah, it is. It's, yeah. it's all you chase. The reality is when I started this, there were so few people in the woodworking world. I was just thankful for what I had. And my audience over 15 years continues to grow. It continues to grow. But why am I not totally satisfied with where I'm at? I'm lucky to have that many people watching. It's a freaking miracle that that many people watch me. But I always want to move that goalpost. I think it's human nature Progress or maybe it's great. American it's culture. Important. You can't ever yeah. be complacent <clears throat> with that. But you no, also, what you're saying is 100% right. Like you can't, it can't be your all encompassing focus in life. It will yeah, ruin I, your but life. But I think it's also, it's part of the reason why the scene is what it is today with the, the competitive nature of people really just putting out content to make sure content goes out mm. because they have to, mm. because they don't want those numbers to suffer. Mm. We're, we're slaves to the algorithm um, because of that. And I, I don't think it's a great place to be, that but I, I don't have hard. any solutions. Yeah, that hits hard. That's definitely something Even I do though on Instagram. You said something <laughs> that kind of, makes me want to chime in a little bit uh even though this that is kind of a competitive thing i haven't been in a more kind and more generous community of anything oh yeah that I, i've mm -hmm. been into so i like i don't like to use the word competitive like too aggressively you know what i mean like yeah even though it's competitive i still have more friends in the woodworking community than yeah. In the photography well, community where I came from. Well, and when I say competitive, I don't even necessarily mean we're competing with each other. It's that it's like, the, a, a, it's like a golf game, yeah. right? You, you want to do better and you see there's a golfer who has a lower score than you and you want to be as good as that person. So now you're harping on yourself to make sure you try to hit that goal. That kind of competition. Okay, 100% agree. For, for me, the growth is uh, honestly now, and I, I do mean when I said like, I, I want to grow, but like I felt myself relax a little bit when I hit a point where I felt like I could approach brands and be, be competitive, you could say, or whatever. Yeah. But yeah. the thing is, over the last couple of years, like my business kind of shifted from like content to 3D printing and having a shop and making physical products. I was able to reclaim woodworking as a fun thing for me again and make That's content good. around yeah. it. Um, and obviously, I'm not a massive account, but it kind of relaxes you. But the motivation that I have at this time is I want to grow because the bigger I get or the wealthier I get, the bigger the business is the more people I can impact positively, the more people yeah. I can help. So that's a real big motivator for me because I, like Dan said, this is a really good community. There's very few bad eggs and those bad eggs get picked out by the community. So it's, it sometimes, it, well, sometimes. except YouTube. Yes, YouTube doesn't count. <laughs> There's times I see things and I'm like, how is this person as popular as they are? Oh, whatever. Yeah, okay. It's fine. It's fine. It's just not. Like, yeah. I know. I mean, that guy. Restrict. He's just he's building a house. What a jerk. No one wants to watch that crap. Well, all right. We, we kind of know like what's going on with your <laughs> move. I mean, we didn't really get into what's on your bench specifically. Is there something specific yeah, going on right now? A lot of boxes got? from what I understand. Yeah. yeah well, I mean, specific. You I actually, I do have something specific. Yes. Have you guys seen um, a product called carbon method? No. Mm. Okay. You're going to see it. Cause I think people are going to really be gravitating toward this. So we're probably going to run an ad with these, up. these guys Bing. on an upcoming video. 
it is a, a, a protective rust preventative. Um, it's basically the material is graphene. So think about uh, graphite, like in a pencil mm -hmm. and imagine if graphite is a three dimensional structure. Imagine if you took a two dimensional slice, a single layer of like one atom thick of graphite. And that's what this is. It's a protective coating and they have, I mean, they sell this stuff for like protection on cars. You could put it on your, uh, you know, on a paint job mm -hmm. on a car. Um, but this company, Carbon Method, is doing this for uh, tools. So you hit your cast iron. It's a whole process. You put it on there. And now you're talking about something that's like complete rust protection for like six months before you need to do oh, anything wow. else. Oh. So so this came up because I'm like, it first of all, sounds too good to be true. Uh -huh. But I wanted to try it. So I bought a couple of bottles and I was like, well, I'm doing something that I haven't done before. I'm going from super dry to super humid and my tools are going to suffer because I, all I do is maybe put a little bit of wax just for friction, mm -hmm. not even for rust protection. Uh, so I was, I knew that was going to be a challenge and I wanted to try it. So we're working with the company now and just experimenting. And I, I ran a couple of tests today and so far so good. It, it actually withstood a wet towel sitting <laughs> on it for four hours. Whoa. whoa. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Soaking wet towel for like hours. Turtle wax for your table saw. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, so it was pretty impressive stuff, but the, the technology is the cool thing about this. And imagine, you know, all the things that, especially people in human environments, the crap we have to do to keep the rust off the tools. Yeah. Imagine if that yeah. just becomes like a couple times a year, you know, you got to do something for maintenance <laughs> that sounds too good to be true. And I just kind of wanted to investigate it. So that's what I'm working on. That's, that's cool. awesome. My tools took be, a beating uh, during a move. Yeah. I'll be uh, <laughs> watching that. Obviously. Yeah, for sure. It's looking good though. It's looking promising. It like, so. It's carbonmethod.com. I'll give him a plug. Like that's pretty cool. If that yeah. actually works. Uh, oh, not carbonmethodcrossfit.co.nz. <laughs> Sign me up. I'm in. Okay. Uh, <laughs> Interesting. So have, okay, I'm not going to read this now. All yeah, well, that's cool. That's exciting. Yeah, uh, look into it. Yeah. They got other products too. They got like a ceramic mm -hmm. wood finish, yeah, I'm looking which at, they sent me a sample of. Read. That's what I was looking at. That's Haven't even gotten wood finish. Yeah, man, I haven't even gotten into that. It's super compelling. I want to know more about it, but I'm like, don't have How time right now. Crazy is I'll do this? It later. Like, is that would that these, be like, clear new finishes? Because I, it is a clear finish. Yeah, I'm picturing like melting down a plate and rubbing it on your wood. <laughs> yeah, it's it's basically like there's <clears throat> schmutz in the bottle. You got to shake it up. There's solids in the bottle, uh, but it is a thin, you know, microscopic layer of ceramic that's apparently a finish. I can't speak for it right. yet, but it like looks interesting. You rub on the paint of a car, basically. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I am very intrigued. UV, yeah, I'm intrigued too. I'd be, I'm very. You're gonna try that when you get to Missouri. Yeah, I've got the bottle. Well, that I might mean, be cool. that might be one of the first things I do because I can't like hook up tools or yeah, something. Yeah, I'll yeah. grab a piece of wood and put some finish on it. I guess I'll just rub them. <laughs> I just rub boards. That's what I do now. I rub boards. Uh, all right, cool. Well, Dan, let's throw it to you. Let's get our week on our bench knocked out. Well, yeah, let's keep them quick because we got a lot of questions for him. You guys are going to be shocked to learn that uh, I've been focusing on Etsy a lot. I built this. I was going to talk about this last week, but Mike had the vid. Uh, I had to build a shipping station center sort of thing because my wife was very unhappy with my current situation. And <clears throat> actually, no situation. She, she was right. Yeah, it was no situation. It was just <laughs> piles of things on a coffee table. It, it wasn't working out <laughs> real well. I mean, it worked for me, but it didn't work for her. I don't know why. But anyways, yeah, I built that. It's solid maple base with Peruvian walnut shells and a top. It's actually way more nice than what it needs to be. Is the um, top attached yet? No, the shells <laughs> and the top are just sitting there. <laughs> I had to put it together quick. You're man. a busy man. 
They're friction fit with gravity. <laughs> uh, I also started working on some faux beams for a client out west Omaha. Um, they're going to be made out of white oak, but I, they want them to look like six by fours, and then I'm going to stand them up like they're going to be like vertical on the walls. So uh, started milling that down, planing it. I had to move them out to the driveway and do all the planing out in the driveway because these boards are 14 feet long. And man, I'm surprised my neighbors haven't called the cops on me yet. To be honest with you, <laughs> I created so much sound and horrible noises and dust. Anyway, that's what I've been working on. Short and sweet. I want to hear what Mike's got on his plate, on his ceramic plate that he's running. Uh, on my <laughs> ceramic plate. Uh, last week I had COVID, so we didn't have the show. So that kind of threw no. things off really bad. Uh, but since we didn't get to the get it on the show, we is, delivered. Is that? COVID like herpes? Once you have it, you always have it. I think so. No. I don't know how it works. It's going to flare up every couple I'll months. defer to you, Dan. It's going to get are. a. COVID sore on his expert. mouth. <laughs> yeah, I see some COVID yeah. on those lips. Yes, <laughs> COVID lips. Show title. Uh, anyway, we... Yes. <laughs> uh, Terrible so SEO. So we delivered, uh, <laughs> we delivered uh, that that Claro Walnut L-shaped desk with the double miter waterfalls. It, man, that thing's so pretty. That the double cool whammy? Desk. The double whammy. That desk is super gorgeous. I wish I could fit that somewhere in my house. That is such a big, cool desk. I loved it. But uh, then we delivered uh, a conference table, an English Elm book-matched conference table, a couple signs, and then a desk or a table for their kitchen. And then uh, then I got COVID right on my lips. It was really frustrating. Um, and, but we, but yeah, that was kind of put me down pretty bad. I was – it is weird, that thing. That thing is really weird how it affects people differently. I had about two days or a day and a half of – like brain fog where I was just having a real hard time concentrating and articulating stuff. Um, so I was obviously out of the shop. Fortunately, the majority of that time was over the weekend. So I didn't have to shut the shop down too much. Um, the guys were able to work, which was good. Uh, but we got, we uh, knocked out this really <laughs> had a customer who had a very specific request for an entry table. It's a uh, six feet long, and eight inches wide. <laughs> it's a very narrow entry table. It's very interesting. Um, but might be the, narrow, but it's long. Yeah, it's not. It's not <laughs> wide, but it's skinny. No, it's uh, <laughs> it was a very, it's a very interesting. I'm actually delivering that tomorrow, and uh, that's going to get out of the shop. And what'd you make that out of? Ash. I did. Oh, the, I thought uh, it was red oak from the pictures. I was I was really hoping you were going to say red oak. I was going to no, give you it was, the what for. I probably should have done red oak, and because I did the uh, I did the uh, Rubio um, cotton white on there. That's got their most mm. white pigment load, and it because that whole the whole house is like a, um. You had me calm a load. down. The 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 whole house, the lady's <laughs> whole house is like uh like uh, coastal themed. So she's like, "Can you do a whitewash?" Like I was the like, Jersey I sure Shore. Can. Yes, it's, <laughs> everything's it was whitewashed. Like, everything's GTL everywhere. It was Jim Town. No, it was uh, <laughs> it was yeah the Jersey Shore. I just got that, Pete. That took way too long. Nice whitewash <laughs> joke. Um, no, so yeah, we we got that done. That's getting delivered tomorrow, and then um, I'm building a farmhouse style table, which I've avoided for as long as humanly possible because I just typically people want those made out of the cheapest possible materials. Uh, and this customer <laughs> did not, so uh, they wanted That's a really good. nice <laughs> table, and it's. I actually really like this build a lot. So, I mean, you're making the base out of poplar, yeah? Yeah, painted white. Is that poplar. what I saw? Yeah, the base is painted I mean, white poplar. I mean, poplar is whatever, that's like but it's not pine. A notch above pine. Come it on. is a notch above pine, but they really wanted the white base, and I couldn't. 
talk them out of a white base. <laughs> so I was like, we're doing poplar. So, uh, but the, the top's all walnut. Um, doing uh, traditional breadboard ends on there. Uh, learned today that my Powermatic Mortiser is woefully uh, out of calibration. <laughs> I was running a mortise down this 42-inch long board, and uh, I had over a two-foot run, like an eighth-inch deviation. So I got to figure out what's going on with that uh, tomorrow. So we'll get that all dialed in. But cut all, cutting all the tenons. Not using the domino, huh? Nah, I don't want to do – I don't – I don't – look, I love the domino as much as the next guy. <laughs> I don't trust the domino for breadboard ends, to be honest. I, I just, I want a traditional mortise and tenon on that for me. So I just don't think there's, I don't know, maybe it's fine. I'm not going to say it's not good. A lot no, of people man. do it, but Use the I want not wrong. That's a great tool. Huh? The mortiser is a great tool. I love mine. Well, the one that I had to, at the school. I What'd it. you say, Mark? I was just going to say the domino breadboard thing is if, if, if there's ways to do it that are still correct, even though you could do it correctly with the domino, that would be my least reliable way no, to I do just it. There's just like, not, enough, not enough width in I the I feel dominoes. like Uncle Henry's going to come over, have a bunch of beers. He's going to stand up on the end of that table and those well, things are just going to snap. Yeah, well, I just well. don't feel like there's enough there, even if I did some like stub tenons or something. I don't know. But I'm doing, yeah, I'm yeah. doing, I'm doing uh, five tenons and then the whole thing will have a stub tenon down the whole thing it's gonna be i'm i'm, I'm having a fun time doing it so it's it's good i love doing it and it's yeah. i know i'm gonna feel good about it <laughs> that's all i care about i want the this Mike, i never good money. thought about it but like that is legitimately where they put the biggest guy at any table well they're gonna right stand the up i mean you it's know, a you, dad yeah he's gonna get up like his, <laughs> yeah. he's gonna have his giant plate of pot roast and uh, he's gonna have <laughs> anyway you've thought about this yeah, I, I was like, I just don't want to get the call from the customer. They're paying it good used money to be for a table. Yeah, they're paying. He's slamming chili dogs, trying to get up to go to the bathroom. No, I don't want. This guy's playing, paying good money for a table. I don't want to get that yeah. call. So we're doing it the right way. Right um, mm-hmm. So it's uh, it's going to be done. Actually, we'll start paint. It's too hot to paint right now. <laughs> uh, it's it's ninety nine today. It's going to be a hundred plus for the next few days. But it's a dry so. heat, right? It's, <laughs> get out of here. Like, are you going to pop an AC unit in the spray booth? Oh, I'm not. These are getting the base is getting painted. I'm not doing that inside the spray booth. That the oh. airless is w- way too much overspray in that spray booth. Uh, everything we did the uh, we did panels in there with the airless, and everything is just spattered in white. Everything's it's white. like uh, yeah, it's like uh, there goes the wall control. Yeah, it was. <laughs> luckily, those were white. Uh, but yeah, it was uh, it was real messy. So I, we're setting up a we'll set that up outside and do that. Um, but the top's getting Rubio pure. It's gonna look. I just love Rubio Pure. It just works so good for so many things. Yes. <laughs> it's just such a good one. But anyway, that's going to be done uh, early next week. And then we are running a small production batch job. We're running a, making a prototype right now. That's going to be – I mean, we're done with the prototype. Customer just has to sign the dotted line on some things, and we'll get going on that for these uh, Monopoly board ripoff boxes. And then um, we're in the le- like the last bit of nego- – or I'm in the last bit of negotiation for this big contract. With uh, oh, I mentioned it, with room and board. So once yep. we get that up and running, we'll be good to go. So that's kind of what my Very week nice. is. Uh, Petey, what you got? I'll be real quick. Uh, so this was Sorry. actually a really busy week for Etsy. I don't know if I, I took Dan's advice from last week and I upped my uh, marketing or their Etsy ads a little bit. Went from $3 to $5 a day. And between that and the Father's Day sale, I sold a lot. I like tripled my numbers from the prior week. So it was it was a good week, but it kept me busy. I was doing a lot of 3D printing. Printers were humming along. This week was the week that I like really was kicking myself for not finishing the printer behind me because I need to get that thing wrapped up. 
Um, aside from that, I've been knocking out just honeydew list stuff. Stuff that like I don't even want to post content of. I'm just doing stuff around the house, fixing things. Oh and, yeah, and cleaning I've been them doing up. Doing a lot of that too. Yeah, like just that. <laughs> you know, they say everything is content, but like no, it's not. Oh, that's. I just want to. I just want to. Doesn't have to be. It doesn't have to. Be. <laughs> I just want to have fun. Uh, and one of the things that I did that did no content on. My uh, father-in-law was here, and he they, they drove up from Florida. They stayed for a couple of days. They're going up to Maine because uh, they moved their boat up there. He's a boat broker. He's not just, like, super rich. Um, so he's got his own sailboat up there, and he removed a couple panels, some old uh, equipment that was there, and now he has, like, just these big openings and, like, this fine woodworking inside the sailboat. So he had me making some custom shelves and pieces, and it's really hard to work off of pictures and rough measurements, but... It was nice to have him in because we've never, ever done any woodworking. I've been with Emma now for like 10 years, but he's never seen me do any work. And he was actually really impressed. It was funny. is like I was making like pocket holes so he can easily attach it. And like I made custom plugs so he can cover them up. And he was like super blown away. I'm like, don't tell anyone, but this is like basic level woodworking. <laughs> um, but it was it was just really fun to like do some make do some projects with him and and uh you ever have somebody that's like, I just need this like cut. I just need this like whatever. And then you take it like an extra step and they're like, you don't need to do all that. I'm like, no, I can't let this out of my shop without it looking a certain way. <laughs> yes. Like you're not going to get like a moldy piece of plywood that's been in a corner for a year. Like I'm going to make this look good. So it was fun to do some custom pieces for the boat. And uh, I get to see it all installed in a few weeks when we go, go down there or up there. Uh, aside from that, I finished my garden. The garden actually got some plants in it this week. And, um, <laughs> I'm just super stoked to have a garden and that's it. That's my entire week or two weeks. It's just been a lot of little miscellaneous stuff. I want to hear more about Mark. Why don't we get into some questions, Mike? Yeah, let's, uh, let's listen to Michael. No, no, let's listen to Mark Pittinger's Mark, question. The other Mark. <laughs> yeah. The other Mark about Mark, some hot Mark on Mark questions going on here. So great question. That he stole from all this, of us. Let's get this going. Hey, this is Mark from Route 76 Woodworks. Um, I have a question for Mark and uh, about his impending move um, and mostly just about the machinery and the setup of his new shop. Um, You know, now that you're kind of starting fresh again, I just wonder if you're going to be taking all your machinery with you, um, what you might leave behind because you don't use. I've heard you talk about your lathe and maybe how you only use it once a year. Um, so I'm just kind of wondering with the Powermatic sponsorship ending, um, if there's any, uh, paradigm shift as far as your shop goes and what you want to do and, uh, how you may uh, set it up differently from what it was set up in Colorado. Thanks. Great question. Yeah, that's on my mind. Are you taking all your tools to Missouri? No, uh, I really did try to pare down and limit, uh, here's the thing. We, we like looked at a couple of moving companies and tried to get as much help as we could. And, and oh boy, is that expensive? Yeah. Uh, we've never mm-hmm. actually done that. Every time we move, it's always a manual process. We get the moving trucks, we get the pods. Uh, this time we were like, well, let's see what it costs. Well, it it costs too much guys. <laughs> so we're not doing that. Um, so I started to look around like what, what can I do without and what is maybe due for replacement or what am I just interested in replacing yeah. with something else? Uh, so that really led to a couple of things going like the CNC, uh, would just wound up selling, uh, my planer. I'm replacing that with a Felder cause I'm really you know, got to step down. Right. So got to so go. So that's to what Felder. Corey's doing these days. Uh, Corey Felder. Fel- oh God. Oh, Fel- Fel- uh, I, I just got the joke. Feldman, right? That's the worst. <laughs> that's the I think worst. it's Feldman. I yeah. felt pretty good about it. 
it'll be funny a half hour from now. Um, <laughs> no, nah, this is pretty good. Yeah, we put no, it on the last Mark, it's not good. <laughs> <laughs> want to make them feel good. No, don't. That's not uh, what the show's about. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so, yeah, the planer went. I had already, um, I sold my drum sander because I already was going to switch to a dual drum. Uh, what do you call it? Like a, the Supermax the Super or well, non-Fortmax? Yeah, the 372 Laguna. Yeah, he's got the same one. As yeah, yep. supported on both sides. So it's, yeah, it's not cantilever. Mini uh, let's, drum sander. I've already swapped out my table saw, so I got the saw stop. That's coming with me. Uh, my jointer is coming with me. I already sold the lathe even before we decided to move, and I'm replacing it with a small little Laguna lathe. Still need one. I don't use it very often, but I do need to have one. Yeah. Um, and I have already started that switch because of the whole Powermatic thing. I started to do that before this happened. And this was just a good chance to offload a few more things and then start over again when I get there. Now, the interesting thing is if I get the commercial property we put the offer in on, uh, it's an old firehouse. And there Ooh, are two so cool. two bays. Yeah, it's going to be pretty neat. Um, oh, it's Unfortunately, it's a single question. floor, Sorry, single Mark. level. Does it yeah. still have the pole? Because if not, See, I'll that's visit. Where I, that's where I was going with this. <laughs> okay. There's no second floor. So there's no pole, oh. but that doesn't mean. Dude, I'll, look, I'll stripper, stripper poles are cheap, right? So we could always install you one. Can, well, you get you, you got a lathe, <laughs> right? A tiny lathe, make, make a tiny one, or just stack a bunch of them up. <laughs> I'm just gonna get a, a aluminum pole that will double for Festivus as well. So, <laughs> oh, there you go. Um, Fantastic. There's a loft. There's actually a little loft in the back of one of the bays. That's I don't know. It's maybe like eight or nine feet high, and I'm like, still works. We could that's put a perfect. pole there. I'll slide down it. So yeah, so it's an old firehouse. It has a big bay, which was the primary firehouse. Then they added on an additional single bay to one side. It's about twenty six hundred square feet. Wow! And now I so in on one side of the shop, there's this you know the old exterior wall, interior on one side, brick on the other, and that's now a new partition wall that's there. So it's like okay, well now I'm thinking about like maybe hand tools on one side, power tools on the other side, like really start to. really be strategic about how the shop is, is uh shaped, you know, oriented and where the tools Any go. Office uh, you know, space? <clears throat> there is office space. Oh, so there are nice. what I, I don't know if, the, I mean, it was a firehouse at yeah. one point. So I imagine there were guys sleeping there yeah. at, at some point. Uh, so there's like living quarters in the back. There's a office. There's a room that is just a room. It's like clearly an interior room, not part of the garage space. Um, and then there's a kitchen back there too, in a bathroom. Um, awesome. So it's you know all all the things you need for when my wife kicks me out of the house right. for doing podcasts too late. First wife, be putting my kids <laughs> yes, down. Yes, yes, <laughs> my first wife, Nicole. Your first. So wife. yeah, so so I really am thinking a lot about this like new layout. Here's the other thing: I'm I'm rehiring my brother-in-law, and I probably will at some point hire another qualified woodworker to help me. And I'm only six mistake, hours away. Wait, wait, wait. That's, what about that's the a distance? short commute. <laughs> The the distance? What do you mean? Well, like your your brother in law isn't he in? He's not in Denver. He's no. no he's so not. he, I don't want to get too much into oh, the family sorry. BS here, but he he they moved to Denver. Uh, didn't really love it here, mm. so they only stayed for like a year and a half, and God. then wound up going back. So he's currently in Missouri. Oh, that's nice. Um, yeah, yeah. So I'll be hiring him back, and I'll want another woodworker there. And one of the things I noticed with hiring people here was. They were, it was like I brought someone in and if I expected them to do woodworking, they would do it on my stuff, including my bench with all of my tools. It was still Mark's stuff. And if I really want to get a good woodworker in there, you know what that woodworker needs? Their stuff. Mm -hmm. And I need to have another bench. I need to possibly have duplicate tools of the most popular tools that we, yeah, redundancy because we might need them at the same time. And that might make that person feel so much more comfortable 
working with me in that space and being independent in that space if they have their own stuff. That's where I'm at right so now. So that's also going to be, it's, it's going to be a lot of duplication and the redundancy and it's taking up more space, but I think that's what we need to do. That's going to be cool. What, uh, so I'm, I I just love tools. What, what Felder, did you get a dedicated planer Felder, pl- Felder planer? Yeah. Yeah, the trick when you go to Felder or Hammer, everything is all about those combo yeah. machines, right? Yeah. The uh, the planar no jointers. Thanks. I don't want that. Yeah, I don't want Me that. Either. No, thank you. No. Uh, just just switching over. I get it. If I if I was really pressed for space, hundred percent, those are fantastic. But if you're not pressed no, for space, thank you. Separates. Yeah. Separates is the 100%. only way to go. Uh, so they do have a standalone planer. Years ago, I I messed with one, an older version with straight knives. Uh, at the William Ing School. And I was just intrigued by being able to just push this button and it goes up like five thousandths per increment. Uh, and wow. I'm like, this thing is this thing is amazing. Walk I love it. It's like me. oh my god. I know, seriously, man. That's really it's, nice. It's a thing of beauty. Uh so I fell in love with it then, and that was, you know, well beyond my budget at the time. Um and then I got talking to Felder recently and made arrangements to uh to get one of those bad boys in, in the shop. Awesome. So what size? Only, uh it is blah what is it? 16? Okay. I think I didn't want to go too big. It might maybe a 20. I don't remember. It's buy stuff. You guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> so the funny thing was though, I placed this order a couple months ago and I, I was expecting it to be in June. So I went to email them and said, Hey guys, I'm not going to be at that address. Please do not send it to Denver. Cause I don't want to move that thing. Uh, and they're like, Oh no, no, it's still on schedule for September. <clears throat> I was like, I just sold my planer. September's oh, no. a long ways away. Oh no. I need to play in wood before September. Right. Like what am I going to do? So I got to still figure that part uh, out. Well, you got those hand planes. <laughs> Better get to work. Yeah. Uh, Minimum wage and a hand plane. <laughs> <laughs> Yikes. Hand planes are fun. Yeah. Sometimes. <laughs> wow. That's crazy. Um, Wait, how yeah. big is your current shop? Well, it's a four car garage. Wow. It is about 950 square feet. Jeez. Wow. So I mean, still, still pretty reasonable for like a domestic house garage. It's it's a good right. size space. I feel like you're it's gonna have an entire video. Ceilings. You're gonna have an entire video on soundproofing at the new place. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. We'll definitely need at least some sound like attenuation on the interior to cut down on all that reverb. How far um, is yeah. the new building from the new house? What's your commute? About five miles. Oh, that's fantastic. Yeah. So, I mean, it's still like, I don't know if I'm going there in my pajamas at night. I might, you never know. You will. But, uh, it, it, I think it's, it's one of those things. It's just far enough that I got to like be real sure Mm -hmm. that I want to go there for some Mm -hmm. reason. Um, but I still can, like, I got a glue up. I'm under a time crunch. I just need to go and get these things out of the clamps, start the next glue up. It'll take me 15 minutes. Yeah. That's worth a drive for five miles. Yeah. That's cool. I bet and you're you going to miss the, walking out and like just checking a finish real quick. And you said the traffic is like not <laughs> an issue, right? It's like rural Missouri. There's not a whole lot Dirt going roads. on there. Uh, there are some, thankfully, not the ones I will be on. <laughs> like, I mean, there you can go on a dirt road, but there's more direct ways that are paved, thankfully. Oh, goodness. All right. That's awesome. Let's jump into Michael yeah. Hale's question real quick. Uh, Firehouse. Let's get into oh, this. Yeah, it's so cool. We all have like a love, <laughs> love relationship with the Firehouse thing. Hey, what's up? Peter, Daniel, Michael, and Mark, uh, Marco, Marcus, Markalicious. Mark, I think is what I mean. Mark. Okay. Uh, Mark, I got a question for you guys. This is Michael over at uh, Tailored Forest. Uh, Have you ever had a project that has went so poorly, so terribly, you screwed it up so bad that you just uh, called the customer and said, hey, I got to give you a refund on that deposit. Uh, Or maybe if that hasn't happened, um, you know, did you, did you have to start from scratch, completely start over? And if so, 
what was that project and uh, what did you do to screw it up so bad? Thanks, guys. Appreciate what you're doing. And uh, good to talk to you, Mar- uh, Mar- Marco, I think is what it was. Thanks, Marco. Uh, <laughs> let's throw it I to guess Pete Marco's first. first. I want to throw no? it to Pete first, actually. <laughs> Pete, has this ever happened to you? I, I've never, like, just straight up walked away from a job. I've, if anything, I've just, like, like the la- that, that big ice climbing tool job that I did, I basically was like, I'm going to finish it at this rate, but, like, just know the next rate is going to be different. And they were like, oh, what is it going to be? And I was like, triple. Like, <laughs> I, like, this took way more labor than, it was a very weird custom ice climbing pl- plywood assembly with metal and it was a whole thing and it was a lot of labor each pair took me 10 hours i calculated on doing it like three hours per pair so um i'm expecting to not hear from that customer again but (laughs) um but yeah so that was the only time i've never really like like just given somebody their money back and like listen i can't do it um or i mean or like done like a heavy requote usually if i if i messed up on a time or something or if i mess up the job um, the only other time that comes to mind is I was working on this very special burl, like the live edge of the burl was up. It was a ring box that I was making and I did something stupid, so dumb. It just clearly I was sleep deprived, was not drinking, but I was just like, did something dumb. I took the burl to a joiner. Don't <laughs> For those of you that don't know, the burl grain goes in every direction at the same time. Um, let's just say to this day, this was at the old shop. I still have not found one of the parts of that burl. Um, <laughs> the customer was my wife and the burl box, the ring box was for our wedding. Uh, luckily I had another piece of burl and that one survived and it's great. And I, I, I will never run burl through a joiner like an idiot ever again. And this was a, a helical head, but yeah, that was wow. a big boo-boo. <laughs> luckily I had more burl. Dan, what about you? I've never been to a point where I had to, you know, tell a client, you know, I can't do this and here's your money back. I have had to remake something before. I was making a puzzle box for a client and I went off their measurements and and we went back, back and forth via text and email and there was some miscommunication and I completely read something wrong and I made it to the wrong specs and it just... I was like, yeah, I'll, I'll remake it. I'm sorry. That's my bad. Um, but as far as walking away from a project entirely, I've never done that. Um, but since you brought up the jointer thing, you reminded <laughs> me of something that I did on a jointer. Uh, it was a little benchtop jointer I had, a, a Delta benchtop jointer. It was years ago. I was making mallets. And I was going to try to trim off the, uh, you know, when you when you put the, the head on, on the, the handle, tenon. try to trim off the uh, tenon. Yeah, I thought, well, I just run it over the jointer. That has knives. That was, <laughs> that was a bad idea, too. I don't know what the hell I was hey, thinking. But we've all done it once and never again. Yeah, I still have all my fingers somehow. I'm assuming the camera Don't mess with rolling. jointers, kids. Anyway. Jointers, spooky. Since this question was more directed at Mark, I want to I want to ask Mike. <laughs> just kidding. Mark, go ahead, Mark. I want to hear what your answer is. I don't really have any great stories with something like that. I've I've never taken on a job that was like you know beyond what I knew I could accomplish. 
Uh, I think if I stayed in it longer and I started to take on more challenging things and was asked to do like wacky things, I might find myself in that situation, but it never really happened. Um, the closest I can come to something like that is a, a dining table refinishing project that I had to do. Um, and again, in the early days, refinishing was how I made money. Uh, a lot of times I couldn't get new builds. Uh, so just the big dining table, the person was just like old, gross, like pine, but they wanted it to look a little bit more uh, elegant. So they wanted it stained to be like a, a deep red color. Uh, so I had, you know, no, no problem getting the stain on there. No problem with the finish. Uh, but the finish I applied for whatever reason, just sometimes with like a, a, a wipe on poly, which is what they requested. Um, you just get a little bit of streakiness in it. Um, especially if it's like a, a semi-gloss and I would, I just at the time did not have the skill set or the experience to know how to get a streak free appearance on it and, uh, deliver the table with kind of sheepishly hoping like it was as good as I can get it. Maybe it's passable. Maybe they won't maybe notice. Maybe they won't I, notice you know. and you're being too critical of yourself. <laughs> yeah, that's that's what I'm hoping, right? And a lot of times that is the case. Uh, we're you know much more critical than a lot of the customers. And in this particular case, it, it did deliver just fine. Everything was okay, but I got the call a week later. Uh, and they the light hit it just the right way in their kitchen and they were able to see certain things that oh. they didn't like. So then I had to come back and try to do an on-site, uh, you know, new coat and kind of just like level the surface, sand it down, abraid the surface and do a fresh coat. Uh, it just got to be two times I had to go back to try to address this table. And it did finally get to the point where I had to say like, look, this is as good as I can get it. And the more I work on this, the more chance there is that I'm going to make it look worse. Right. So I, I wish I had the ability to make this look perfect, but I don't. And, you know, if I need to give you money back and they were totally understanding, they're like, no, it's, it's good enough as it is. We're not going to take any money from you. And it worked out, but I did feel like a real, you know, jerk for not being able to did fix you tell that problem about the six the kids you have to feed. <laughs> like I have six kids I'm at home. I'm on my second wife. <laughs> like, give me a break over here. <laughs> okay. I have not had that happen. Definitely had problems with projects, but nothing where I was like, Hey, uh, here's your money back, knowing less, and then walk away. So <laughs> no, <laughs> it was a situation like that. Well, but have you, have you or Mark ever had to like restart a project? Because like, that's also what he asked. Like, if you didn't have to like back out of a project, like completely go, like I got to start from scratch. Actually, I feel like this is the perfect time to bring up that powder post beetle table. Oh, I don't God. think you brought it up in what's on your bench. Oh yeah, I mean yeah, but that's that's not a work. I mean that's not issue. your fault. Yeah, that's not a yeah, workmanship yeah, yeah. issue. But yeah, it. actually that table got delivered today this morning. Oh, uh, it's been three weeks clear Mark. So it, you don't know, but I, I, I did a custom live edge table, Walnut table for a customer. Uh, mm -hmm. we did this table, got it all finished up, delivered it two weeks later. Customer sends me a picture and goes, Hey, what's this little sawdust pile on top of the table? I'm like, oh, I'll be there as soon as I possibly can. <laughs> so I got the table oh, out of the house gosh. and had powder post beetles in the sap and the sap wood. So we treated it with powder, mm. with uh Boracare and, uh, refinished the whole thing. Delivered it to him three weeks later. Hey, there's another little pile of sawdust on this thing. So oh, I went man. and picked it up again. We brought it back. <clears throat> I had it. I had a sterilization process. I had it ran through a kiln for a sterilization process. Uh, we, I put it into the spray booth to be observed for a week and a half. The day before, we were about to refinish it to redeliver it. There was another pile of sawdust. From powder post beetles again. The sterilization process didn't take. Come on. So I, I let it sit a little bit longer, and I ended up. What I ended up doing was getting in there with my ice pick, cleaning out the board, the board out holes, and I started filling that thing with uh, thin CA glue, the super fast, like thinner than water stuff. I put about one yeah, and a half sure, bottles yeah. of thin CA glue into that, and that was about two <laughs> weeks ago, and there's been no movement. So I think. Uh, uh, 
Wow. I think we're clear on that. that was a nightmare. But yeah, that Bonkers. was. You just slowed them down is all. Yeah, they're they're like. We're they're stuck in the glue. We're oh, we'll get there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was uh, a real nightmare table. But that thing got delivered today. Yeah. And it's been. Uh, it was about ready to go into the burn pile. And I already had uh, new slabs ready for this customer. I was like, look, you make the call. I will get you a new tabletop. I just wanted my customer to be happy because he's a super good customer. So yeah. Yeah. Anyway. myself three weeks from now, ask Mike about the table. Yeah, please do. Right? <laughs> if I don't just, if I just don't show up to the show, you know what happened. Um, and let's get into this last question real fast. Cause yeah. Mark, Mark's got to get going really quick here. So let's, uh, let's, Let's listen to this as soon Ooh, as it's I charging can. us by the hour, so you yeah. know. Let's, let's get into this Hey guys, Jeez. it's Thomas from France, and I have a few questions for you and Mark. Don't worry, they are really short. First, did you ever find the last green basket for the craft cart that was lost in the video? Then, did your daughter find the note you left her in the jewelry box? Also, it's one of my favorite videos you ever made, and I really want to make um, my daughter's the same boxes as you did. Next, um, I'm going to restore two transitional Stanley Bailey hand planes to use as my main hand planes. I have a 22 and a 28. And originally the soles were made out of beach, but I want them to be a bit more funky with like zebra wood, zebra wood for example, but they have to be still usable. What species of wood should I use? And yes, I know it's not specially for Mark, but it's a question for Mark, but I really want to restore those handprints soon. And finally, does it ever whispers back? The wood I mean. Thank you. Bye. Thanks, Toma. He plays the accordion. He comes with his own theme music. Yeah, he's, well, he's great. His, his sister plays the accordion. So, oh, is that what it is? Requested. Yeah, that's what it is. Um, oh, so, Shannon, fantastic. can you uh, answer the? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's not here. You know, it's funny. I'm having uh, lunch with him tomorrow. Really? He's actually in the area. No yeah. So that'd be nice. Well, I should I have had hi. him come over he tonight. Barely knows me. I sure will. <laughs> okay. Uh, so I tried to write all those down as as so he I got asked them. So. Did you ever okay. find a last green basket for the craft cart? I did. Yeah, my wife took it to to work to the kids' school, and it was there. So we did get that back. Awesome. And that is now uh, sitting what is that in the craft in reference cart. Reference to? I feel like so I did a craft something. cart. Yeah, I did a little plywood uh, craft cart for my kids, and it was just cubbies with these little green baskets. And when I went to do the final installation after it was done, I'm like, "Where the hell is this other basket? <laughs> like, there's supposed to be one there." And it that was in the video that I didn't have, and I never in the video never actually got that final basket. <laughs> so it was Sans one basket. Well, that's strike two, wife number one. <laughs> yeah. All right. Next question is: Did your She's daughter ever find the note you put in a jewelry box? No, my daughter is not that inquisitive about that box. It sits on her dresser and I think she's just gotten so used to seeing it. So she's now, she's like six years old. She's starting to talk about things like makeup and it's a little disconcerting, but like <laughs> it is what it is. She's not that into jewelry or anything yet. So she hasn't really engaged with the box. So it still is sitting there quietly waiting for her to get old enough to be curious about what might be in that little back compartment That's she, be or, cool. or why that little magnetic key is there. That's going to be cool when she um, figures that out. Yeah. That's going to be awesome. <clears throat> yeah. So hopefully she does eventually think to look there and hopefully I'm still alive to get the hug afterwards. Best 30 second birthday <laughs> um, ever. It's just like a dark Hallmark movie where like you're gone now and she finds it. She's in her 30s. <laughs> 
revisiting the old house. <laughs> yeah, seriously. Yeah, Jeez, we'll Pete. see. We'll see how that goes. What? Um, <laughs> Took a turn. I watch a lot of Hallmark movies. <laughs> and uh, so, what? What was the French guy's name? Thomas. 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 The S yeah. is silent. It's like Thomas. Okay. It's Thomas. So, very lazy. Over all right. There. So Thomas, I'm going to call him Thomas because I'm a I'm an American. <laughs> Missouri. Um, so he wants to build this, build these for his daughter. Uh, have have him like connect him with my email. Have him send me a note, and I'll set him up with that project in the guild. Especially if he's making that for his, his daughters, I would oh, that's so I would cool. like to help Boom. that guy out. So that's awesome. Um, yeah, let me know who he is. Cool. Um, okay, so the 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 hand planes. I guess my first question is: if they have the beach souls, are they in bad condition that he wants to restore them? And if so, why? necessarily go to an exotic you know like if 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 anything i would like first look at the tried and true stuff just something that's dense Mm -hmm. and that's stable you Mm -hmm. know for a hand plane i think you start looking at exotics and i mean there could be some that'll be just fine um but then you you might be asking for trouble in terms of like does this make a good tool i think you mentioned going with zebra wood i mean it's pretty dense but i don't know if it's stable stable enough to where i'd want to use it for a plane yeah also that'd be a rough way to find out if you're allergic it's very grainy <laughs> right. and stringy, and I can't imagine that that, that would stay the stable. The stringiness over. might be, yeah. Oh God, oh. I mean, once you get it into the shape. But yeah, that's a good point, Mark. Like, see if they're in bad shape. Just refinish them. Sand them down, take yeah. them off, clean them up. Because Beach is a great candidate for that job, you mm-hmm. know, specifically. So if you can clean it up and use it that way, that's fine. But uh, just look for something dense and stable. Just take the just beach like Dan, and just like, like me. Yeah, just oh, like, like, like straight, like a racing stripe. Paint on, on the brown stripes. Yeah, so yeah. it looks like zebra wood. <laughs> yeah, that's fine. Just run some random tape on there uh, and just throw some cherry stain on or something on there. Anyway, uh, cool. Well, hey, that's all the questions. And Mark, I know you got to go, which is really sad. I got a little more time. You sure? if, if you yeah. got, I know you said you, you guys sure? have your own questions. I don't, I don't want to. In that case, what's short. your favorite wood? Yeah, no, what, <laughs> I don't have a zebra, question. Zebra wood, actually. What's your favorite glue? Oh, we know that. We know the answer. Obviously, it's uh, Gorilla Glue. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, What's the hardest hardest tool to get rid of during the move? What was the hardest one to say, I've got to get rid of that? Mm, Macromona. (laughs) Um, (laughs) So I would have to say the CNC was one of the more difficult ones. Uh, Just in general, it's something I'm still exploring. I don't think I, I, I don't, won't miss it in a sense of like, I need it to work. It's just something that I have fun learning about and I have fun getting to know it and trying to see how I can incorporate it into my work. I'll have to replace it at some point. And I think that was part of the pain. It's, it's hard to spend a lot of money on something that's not an essential tool. Mm-hmm. And I will have to, at some point, spend a lot of money on that so I can continue learning about it. Um, so I would say that might be the hardest one. This might be a very silly question, but I'm going to ask it anyway. Are sure. you planning on making content around building out your new shop because I am really interested to see that firehouse come together. Yeah. Yeah. And I started this whole vlog process of the move with the intention of whatever I'm going to do there. Even if it's just like, maybe the building is almost perfect and all I have to do is, you know, maybe make some interior walls or something. Uh, if that's all it is, then that's all it is. But I think I will, because there's a big difference when you're documenting things happening at your house Versus documenting things happening at a commercial property. And I feel way more comfortable exposing what I'm doing and what this space looks like and part of that process. So I think this moving vlog series will kind of transition into that. I'm not going to stop making projects and and regular videos. This will just be an ongoing thing as I make improvements. So I I do plan to cover it. Fantastic. That's awesome. Can't wait to see that. I love that stuff. Why do you want to bring in a furniture maker to your business? 
Well, we got to have at least one. Right? Oh! <laughs> 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 <Mark> Self-own. <laughs> you stop being mean to my friend Mark. It's <laughs> a rare self-burn. <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, it's something that if I'm going to grow this thing, um, you know, being in front of the camera all the time and being the only one with coming up with ideas. It's a lot of responsibility and the content machine just never sleeps. You know, you, you want to keep making as much as possible. Uh, the kind of caliber of furniture and things that I make is not something that is really conducive to a weekly format and the world of woodworking content wants that. So it's a matter of like, if I can get someone who is skilled and hopefully differently skilled than me, I don't want someone who went to like the Spagnolo school of woodworking. I want someone who has a different viewpoint who we might be able to bring onto the show as their own personality and make even more content with that person. Um, and, and you know, even if we don't go that far, just having another skilled set of hands in the shop where if I'm not there, stuff can still get done. Uh, and that means just, you know, running a camera, filming what they're doing and, you know, getting that project to move to the next step, even though I'm not there yeah. would be fantastic. Yeah. I like that idea. Cool. What? I know you, you got rid of the CNC. You're saying you're probably going to replace it. What, what do you, what do you like about the CNC? I know you like when you well, got like, into this. I mean, I think CNCs were kind of like a taboo. Like the domino was kind of not a taboo, but looked down upon in a traditional way. I don't know. I don't know. But what 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 do you want yeah. to do with that thing? What do you what do you see yourself doing with that? How do you see yourself utilizing that? It's it's hard because there's things that I want to do because I want to pursue something new and something interesting to me. Whether I actually incorporate that into the content I make and the furniture I right. make still remains to be yeah, seen. Yeah. Uh, because I still love the manual process of woodworking and having my hands, you know, directly on the tools. So I don't really know for sure where it's going to go, if it's going to go anywhere, but I know it's a damn handy thing to know how to use. There are just some times where you come up with an idea that you may not be able to execute accurately any other way. And if you know how to, to wield the software and make the CNC do what it's supposed to do, that's a great skill set to have, you know? So I, 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 I like it for that. Yeah. And it's something what new about to learn. other machines. I mean, sorry. Uh, sorry if, if you don't mind me asking what about other machines like I feel like a laser would be fitting for what you do and obviously you yeah. have the 3D printers going to just mm -hmm. to make useful stuff I mean you you know yeah. how useful they are um, totally. so any any thought about like doing a, a laser as well in your shop or something I mean like for that? space reasons I never thought about it before but now with more space that's certainly something that that could open up and I think you know with more space and, and rooms you know rooms that are separate from the dust producing machines room. You know, you have you have the opportunity to have maybe more sensitive machinery that wouldn't like dust being around yeah. all the time. Um, so like nice. having a 3D printer in the shop, you know, maybe something that we do. Uh, and certainly lasers are on the list of things to explore. I'll tell you, when I got my laser, I was like, ah, this is going to be kind of fun. It'll be fun, like fun, like hobby toy. And they are yeah. really cool. Like lasers are legitimately awesome. really cool. Like, they're pretty cool yeah, tools. I mean, for sure. they, they do some pretty neat stuff. You can do some cool stuff with them, but they're... What do you do with them? Is it like uh, decorative stuff and engraving and uh, on, like, burning? So the or? thing I do the most is I make... Uh, well, I, I sell a lot of templates, but I sell a lot of templates to other woodworkers, but I make a lot of templates for the shop. That's the for thing the where shop, I can yeah. be like, I'll slap yeah. out a quick drawing for like when we're doing a furniture piece and we need a template. Mm -hmm. It's so fast. But we, I mean, on the side... Um, with my furniture business, I also have like a, like a mini pr production side of my business. So we'll do runs where we're mm -hmm. like, we have 600 tumbler order we're going to be doing where one of my shop guys oh, okay. is going to be like engraving tumblers for 600 tumblers. I don't want to do it, <laughs> yeah. but he loves that stuff. So he's like all excited about sure. it and it's, you know, put makes money for the machine. But yeah, it's a lot of templates, a lot of uh, stuff like that. But for me, I just love that we can 
say, okay, we've got a, like, we're going to be mortising four custom carriage doors. Oh, I forgot to mention that. We finished those carriage doors. But we got to more, we got to do the, we got to do the lock sets for all the mortises. Or we got to do the mortises for the lock sets and all the hardware for mm-hmm. that. I made templates on the laser in 10 minutes yeah. and everything can just be done now. It's yeah. like so fast. It's incredible. So much faster than uh, CNC too. Like if you just need to do a quick engraving or just like a logo on something, let's say you just have yeah. a bunch of cutting board blanks or finished, whatever. That's what I do. Like I have a bunch that I always over make every time I'm making them for the holidays. You throw it in there, laser to logo and you, or something custom, you're done. Yeah. yeah. Oh, so that's nice. cool. I mean, that's cool. They're just neat. It's a neat tool. They're so great. For It's just nice. the template side of it is just unbelievable. Slapping out templates. is. When I do, so I use the CNC to make templates. That's mm-hmm. one of the things I've gotten into recently is figuring out all the steps I need to do for my like SketchUp drawing to pull a shape mm-hmm. out. Uh, super handy, but if it sounds like the laser might be the more fun way to do that. I mean, Mike, actually, you can cut what three quarter inch MDF with a single pass. Yeah, my laser or, or is really it maple? Big. Yeah, no, I can do He's one inch hardwood carved. with it. Uh, through one, one inch hardwood. hardwood one pass. Well, hardwood cuts better than cuts better than sheet goods. I got the new. I got the new, there's no glue. Yeah, I got yeah. this new uh, lens kit set from. Uh, this is boring talk. Anyway, I got new lenses. I got a four inch focus <laughs> length, and I can Ooh, cut nice. three quarter inch uh, sheet goods one pass. Now it's no problem. That's bonkers. Um, wow. But we did. Uh, we did. What did we just do? We just did. Oh, we just did templates. I drew up the. Um, the legs for that farmhouse style base in I use shaper instead of SketchUp. I drew it in shaper. I pulled the bodies out and I extrapolated the SVG through to the, it was like a 10 minute process total. And I was able to get all the parts cut out uh, out of uh, uh half inch MDF. It was no problem. Just like shot. Also, light burn wow. light burn for the lasers is like one of the most user friendly softwares out there. Yeah. It's really it's user really friendly. Nice. It doesn't, it's it's a bit. Sometimes I hop still into like. Anyway, it doesn't matter. Yeah, it's, Dan's falling yeah, asleep. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, like, <laughs> laser beams. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, lasers are great. I, I I incorporated a lot in my business for keeping our production flow going fast. But we, I take on as much work as I can for it to have that thing making money because that's what it's there for is to make money. So yeah. Um, and then <clears throat> one of my shop guys, Matt, my cousin, he loves that stuff, and I don't love mm. that stuff. I the laser's really cool. <laughs> But I don't want to be in front of a laser all day long. That sounds horrible to me. I want to be building stuff. So well, watch, um, Mark. You're gonna have people be like, "Well, I could do that too if I had a laser, like yeah, they did with the right. Domino." <laughs> They'll always be there to do yeah, that. Exactly. Haters gonna hate. Um, um, yeah, you got stuff, Pete. Uh, yeah, I just have one question. That so you, I asked you uh, initially about like physical products. If you had some other stuff with your business, are you uh-huh. looking to grow more of the physical product? Because obviously, you're providing content. And that's one side of the business, but are you thinking more about physical items, tools or jigs or something that you might be releasing? Small scale manufacturing type Small scale manufacturing. I mean, I think we'll always dip our toes into that. And a lot of times I dip them in and dip them right back out. Like it's not something that I enjoy doing. Um, Just in terms of pure revenue, making physical product and selling physical product is a much slower and more painful way to make money than making money with content and digital product. Um, so while at least while that side of the business is so strong, my time in terms of how I spend my time to make money is so much better spent developing a, developing a piece of content than it is developing a widget that I can then sell on my website. Yeah. So I usually only do that 
just to facilitate, like if I have a cool idea, a thing I want to get out there, I'll do it. And I know I'm not going to make a whole bunch of money off of that because the, the amount of work, like the ratio of work to profit is so not in my favor compared to making a piece of content that can be sold indefinitely and you never have to make it again. You just have to deliver it. Um, so yeah, I mean, I, I will always kind of dip my toes in that, but it's not something I really foresee doing a ton of unless it's a partnership with someone else who really wants to do all that legwork. And then I just help be part of the promotional arm or part of the development of the product, which is something I've done in the past with things like the, um, the wood whisper thread taps that we did that, you know, was Andy Klein's idea, but we kind of collaborated on how to improve it, how to make it, you know, really appropriate specifically for woodworkers, how to bring that to market. And we did it. And then once it was in, in the market, I really lost interest very quickly yeah. <laughs> just because I just like, I don't want to be doing customer service issues with someone who breaks a bit and that we're replacing bits. It was a whole different thing. And I lost interest quickly. So a little bit is, is the answer to that question. <laughs> we'll see how it goes. Is it, is it accurate to like, I mean, when you have like a cool project with like a thing you can sell, that's a part of that content. When you do it as like a limited release run like that, it's almost it does a couple things, though. Like it creates a little bit of hype because people can now obtain Mm -hmm. a physical product that was Mark's idea. Uh, So there's marketing in that. And there's uh, you're creating. um, I think we all know how the woodworking community can get when there's a cool, hot new thing in the community. People really want it, especially if it and with Mm -hmm. woodworkers, if there's something that's limited edition. Holy smokes, are they going to do everything <laughs> they can to buy it? So I think they're, yeah, I think doing that yeah. stuff when you're in a position like you is very smart. Like, uh, I mean, there's some things that you, there's some people in the in the community and within your audience that you could literally put whatever out there. And uh, if it says Wood Whisper on it, that, that person's probably going to buy it. Um, and you're not Bag taking advantage of that. You're not taking <laughs> advantage of that, but uh, at all. That's not what I'm, I'm saying that like, right. you're making a cool widget thing. It's a really exciting project. And that's why it's kind of flash in the pan for you. Because at the time, it yeah. was part of the project you were working on. You make a thing tying into yeah. this video, you sell it for a short time. Now you've made this short run item that has actually increased the value to the people who did buy it. I, I just think it's mm-hmm. cool. I think it's a cool way of doing it. Like, and that's why I was asking about the yeah, furniture well, maker coming in. Like, is Mark, is, right. are you going to start having more of a physical product? And I know I've just from talking to you a little bit, you have no desire for that. <laughs> So, well, so <laughs> but this is something that my wife and I have talked about is there is a potential element of the business that could develop that I've never really been able to consider before if I had another qualified woodworker. And that is basically if I build something on the show and it's, you know, something that's on a scale that we could produce enough of, uh, what would it look like if we said, Hey, by the way, if you want to buy these, we have a limited number for sale yeah. and it's that person who's doing it. And I get, I actually get calls all the time. Like, Hey, can you build that big green egg table that you made me? Or can you build this? And I'm like, absolutely not. Right. I can't <laughs> like, there's no way I could, no way. that's not what I do. But what if I had a person that's why I'm in asking the, the question? I feel like you totally should yeah. be doing that. Like a hundred percent, man. Like there's so those yeah, people who would pay it's a, something, a, a um, premium for something made out of your shop. That's like that. <laughs> that's true. Yeah. So that is something that's that could be on the menu in the future. I mean, we did a little headphone holder, mm-hmm. uh, controller holder for video I games and stuff. Um, so I, I made them because I, I wanted them for myself. Mm-hmm. So I made it. Uh, and it turned out to be something that we could probably batch 100%. out pretty quickly on the good. CNC. Imagine being uh, able to batch that out like, on the CNC and like not have to think about it. Laser engraved. Yeah. So basically we made like 50 of them and sold those as a limited edition I like how we're telling thing. him how to run his business. Because <laughs> right. we're like, <laughs> this I'm not. He's like, I'm, no, I'm fine with the digital. Well, hey, I'll take my hands advice I can get. <laughs> you do. You. But yeah, so it's definitely something that, that could come out of all of this. That'd be cool you know, once see. I see these 
these resources in front of me, then you go, oh, maybe there's some cool ideas, things I haven't considered before. Yeah. No, that's really cool. I, well, whatever it ends up being, I hope, I wish the best for you. I hope it all ends up working however it was best for you. Oh, thanks, that's man. Really cool. So, yeah. appreciate uh, it. I'm super stoked to see the new shop and a whole transition. Yeah, really. Cool. Yeah, I'm excited too. It's it's just a lot of red tape with this commercial property crap. Check the basement just, for a supernatural containment system. That's a big Twinkie. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. <laughs> Uh, yeah, by I the did. way, I'm going to say I'm, that I'm right there with you. <laughs> everyone should go watch or listen to the uh, pre-show as well because Mark goes a lot into in-depth with the behind-the-scenes, the red tape, all that stuff that he has to deal with uh, with the move. So he just answered some of the questions here, but he answered a lot of them in a pre-show. So the video is going to be live on um, Wednesday for everyone. Patrons are going to get it by this weekend and uh, listen to pre-show as well. I feel cool. like the pre-show was more of an actual show this this week. It, it was, was great. really good. Really Mark, good content. <laughs> Mark knows how to create content. That's for sure. No, thanks, yeah, Mark. Thanks for, for yeah, baby. Thank you very much for coming on the show, man. We really and appreciate grilling it. tips. Hey, thanks yeah. for asking. Yeah, me. I no, appreciate no, it for sure. It was really our pleasure. Uh, big thanks to you. Big thanks to our listeners. Big thanks to our patrons. Uh, this show it's Thursday night, like normal. We're back to normal. Uh, kind of a show note. We have a show next week. We don't have a show the week after that. Dunlap is going out of town, um, and we're not going to do a show. So uh, we'll be off for one of our rare breaks. Um, so I uh, I offered to call in and be a no. We, let's 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 enjoy Fourth no of July. We don't. We rarely take breaks. Let's do this. Yeah. Uh, anyway, we'll be back next week for sure. Uh, I'm not sure if we have a guest next week, but it doesn't matter because we said Mark Spagnolo on the show, and everything moving forward seems kind of like a waste. So <laughs> no. Uh, big thanks to Mark. We'll talk to you guys all next week. <laughs> have a good one. Take it easy. Bye bye bye. Bye-bye. Bye. Love you a long time. Bye.